Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, now joins us. Steve, what's going on? Uh, not much, guys. It is beautiful outside, and I, in fact, did just leave the pool to join you. So, Oh, uh, wow. There thanks, we go. For, thanks for that. <laughs> Steve, you, yeah, you're on the rooftop, the way, right, Steve? You got we, one of those rooftop pools that oversees the city at the condos down there in the Gulch, right? It's like the seventh floor. Well, we do appreciate you uh, toweling off and giving us a couple minutes. Seventh floor. Absolutely. Anything for you guys. So, yesterday, a lot of house cleaning moves. I don't, no big surprises. Although, I will say this, and I said this yesterday, and I just want to get the gauge from you. The only one that surprised me, and maybe, maybe I'm the one that should have known this, I don't know. I didn't know Randy Bullock was was going to be a cut. I mean, the other three, yeah, not surprised at all. In fact, everybody was expecting it. It was not if, it was when. But were you surprised by Randy Bullock or no? I guess not really, just because here's my thought with Randy Bullock. While he was good and consistent for the Titans, he doesn't have the biggest leg in the NFL. I think every Titans fan out there felt pretty good up to about 45 yards. And then anything beyond that was like, okay, we'll see what happens here. And if you get much beyond 50, I think you really had your doubts. And so if you think about that in the terms of an NFL kicker, I think there's another guy you can get out there in the draft or even undrafted free agency. Heck, Caleb Shudak, who was on the roster last year and then got hurt at the beginning of the season, and so we never really saw him, he's got a monster leg. So maybe they feel good about him. And you wouldn't have to pay him $2 million. So for a team that could save every dollar possible to try to go reform this roster in the offseason, it made sense to me for that reason. Don't they need to stay away from guys who get hurt? (laughs) Just for that alone, Mm -hmm. I think they should not talk to Caleb. Like, you've already (laughs) been hurt too much, and you've never even kicked in the league. Like, we can't talk to you. Yeah, no, that's true, and I think that goes for every position out there. Right. Maybe easier said than done, and maybe it's something that the Titans do. I know Mike Brabel doesn't want to hear that at all and doesn't want to think about that, but that is something that Rand Carthon in particular has to come in and look at the way things are being done inside that building because you look at it over the last two seasons, the Titans have had more games missed due to injury and have had to use more players than any other team in the National Football League. One year, I think you can chalk up to bad luck. Back-to-back years, I think you really have to take a good, long, hard look at how you're doing things and wondering if that is part of the problem. Rand Carthon coming in from the outside, I I think he's got some fresh eyes on it. I don't know if he'll see something that needs to drastically be overhauled, but that's something he's definitely got to be considering. Taylor Lewan and Zach Cunningham were tagged with the failed physical what 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 does that exactly mean? I mean, I know what it means, but there's a reason why the team, you know, said it, why it's put out there that way. What how does that work? Do you know? Not really. I think it has something to do with what the player can claim okay. post being released. Like, like getting extra so money maybe? Yeah, I think so, but I I'm sorry, I don't have the full rules yeah, no, in front of me on that. But but I think it's more of a it's sort of more of a technicality about what the player does in their next step. And so I don't think it has a huge bearing on the reasons why it happened, but I do think it may be telling that when you look at Milan, if you thought, okay, it got hurt at the beginning of the season, where are we going with that? Is he back? Is he ready? Can he actually play in the NFL next year? I think that's interesting. And then 
obviously the Cunningham elbow injury, I think, was maybe – well, we knew it was severe at the time, but, you know, it may be a bigger factor for his future than one might have thought. Yeah, it may – right, it may end his career. I don't know. I mean, what was it, a dislocated elbow, right? Yeah, yeah that's, yep. that's no good. No good. Somebody's had a dislocation – it's bad. Not good. Um, yeah, wherever it is, it's bad. Yep, it's bad. Uh, Robert Woods tweeted out he's free. Now, we had uh, we were trying to come up with our interpretations in the first segment of the show today. What does that mean? Does that mean the next team, his price tag is he's free? Does it mean he's free <laughs> of the Titans' offense? Does it mean that he is free of now a contract with the Titans? What uh, category do you think Robert Woods – was trying to express when he said he was free yesterday. My guess is it's a reflection of buyer's remorse, Darren, that when he came back last year coming off the ACL injury, I think perhaps the Titans were the best bidder or the highest suitor for him at the time with all the question marks out there. But when he actually got here, his role I don't think was what he imagined it to be. This was not an offense that could really pass. He ended up being the leading receiver for the season, though that's hardly patting him on the back because I think it was 52 catches for 530 yards or something like that. But I think he just looked at it, and it didn't turn out to be the role that he envisioned when he signed the contract. Now, to his credit, he still went out there every weekend, and he blocked his tail off in the running game, and he's not exactly a huge physically imposing wide receiver. So I think he bought into what the Titans were doing. He didn't, you know, sell out or, or give up on the season last year, but I don't think it's what he envisioned. And he said the right things at the end of the year, but when the Titans cut him because of the $11 million cap hit for next season, I think he views it as a chance to go someplace else that maybe fits his skill set better. Yeah, people forget John Robinson traded for Robert Woods. He was not a free agent. They traded for him. Yeah, that's right. E. E. Yikes. Ugh. Anyway, uh, Raw Room. Did you get a chance to listen to Darren Bates? I think Jalen Collins is the the other guy on there. But, of course, A.J. Brown was their guest. I I thought he said a lot of interesting things. What, what, um, What did you come away with when you listened? Well, my biggest struggle was if I wanted to play – some part of this how many bleeps do i need to get this on the yeah yeah you know we we face the same problem yep raw room is an accurate description of what the conversation (laughs) is like there but look i think aj said what a lot of us wondered and that's basically that he didn't seemingly have a very good relationship with john robinson he was very complimentary of his relationship with mike Vrabel, and if if there was any regret in his voice, I think it's how he handled Vrabel in a lot of those situations. I mean, he, he cut off the team from conversation, and that included Mike Vrabel. And I think there there maybe could have been a gap bridge there had he kept up in conversation with the head coach. And so I think there may have been a tinge of regret there. Obviously, he's enjoyed his time in Philadelphia. But the big thing is, at least from AJ's side of things, he thought he got lowballed. He thought the Titans weren't coming to where they wanted. His agent went real high, as he said, you know, ridiculously high even. But that's how negotiations start. and You've got to find a way to come to an agreement somewhere in the middle. And that's the thing I still go back to, guys, is I don't understand 
how both sides got their feelings so hurt in this situation. AJ loved playing in Tennessee. He admitted on the on the mm-hmm. podcast that he, did. he wished he could have stayed in Tennessee initially for his kid. But, yeah, exactly. Especially I, the Titans loved AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. So why in the world, even if you started at sixteen million plus incentives and the other side's at twenty seven million, how come there was never like another round of negotiations? It seems like. They just went there. Neither one of them moved within like a week, and then they stopped returning each other's text messages like this was like a bad hinge date or something like that. Well, that's what stood and, out to me, Steve. That's that's That was my interpretation. I, I think you're bringing up a really good point. We're talking with Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. I thought when he talked about his agent telling him to shut down communication with the Titans, my guess is they soured upon it. Even Mike Vrabel. I mean, it's one thing – one, I didn't even know general managers did that, honestly. I thought they dealt with the agent. Usually all the conversations I have, general managers, they don't do a lot of talking to, you know, the player. Uh they more you know, they go through the representation. But anyway, it's one thing to shut down communications with the GM, but he shut out Mike Rebel. He shut down all communication with the Titans and maybe they didn't know how to handle that. Maybe they were just like well, he doesn't want to be here. If he don't want, to, if he doesn't even want to talk to us, then I guess he doesn't want to be here. So what are we doing? That's just again me trying to read the room. Yeah, and I think you're right. And there's no question that AJ, who'd never been through this before, followed his agent. And guess what? His agent got him money. So if the goal is to just get the highest dollar, his agent might have been right. If his goal was to conduct the best business. And, you know, treat the people who treated you well at the beginning of your career, who gave you a chance by drafting you when AJ kind of slid down the draft board, if we're being honest. If your goal is to do that, he probably didn't do him very well. And this is all revisionist history. And AJ just played in the Super Bowl, and his life looks great in Philadelphia now. But I think that's the bottom line here is this could have ended very differently had AJ handled it a little bit more on his own and not let his agent talk him into doing everything. And it maybe could have been handled differently if the Titans had a little bit more patience for what was going on as well. But you know, that's all water under the bridge, but it was very candid conversation from AJ Brown about his last couple of weeks in Tennessee. It is Steve, but you know what? It does have an historical factor on this market that we will forever be talking about this. I I know for people like just move on. No, 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 we're not. As long as AJ Brown keeps bringing up this stuff, and think about it, they collapsed. The team he went to went to the Super Bowl. The general manager got fired, and it was right after the Philadelphia game. Look, it has historical significance in this market. Ten years from now, we we have you know we always do the you know this moment. What was this? One? The AJ Brown trade meal. Like everybody's gonna go. Oh yeah, yeah, that was right. It is something yep. like it's not going to just it, now that it's over. Like people are like, ah, just move on. No, like this is and AJ's not going to move on. He hasn't moved on from it. He's still talking about it. So I, I do think it was interesting. I want to go back real quick. The agent thing. I think you said something that I completely agree with, and I thought of too. I don't think his agent was really looking out for what was best for AJ. I think his agent knew what Philadelphia – he had had those talks. He knew where they were going, and I think he just wanted to – he knew he couldn't get that deal here, so he's like, I need to push this to Philadelphia. Because agents typically are always just looking for the biggest deal. That's what they care about. Yeah, no, 
you, you said two things there that I want to hit on. Number one, from the agent perspective, you're exactly right. He wanted the most money for his client. But is that always the best thing? For me, when I looked for an agent, I, I basically had two choices. I had one guy who was known for beating down every door and getting the most dollar out of every negotiation he was ever in. And then I had another group of guys who I trusted to represent me in the best way possible in the room. And I ultimately went with the second team because I always wanted to feel like if I had someone representing me, I I wanted to feel like they could talk to my mom or anyone else. And I would feel comfortable of that being my representation. And so that's what you always have to choose. And it feels like in this case, AJ Brown got a money hungry agent that was solely looking out for him. And well, actually not just him, but he was also representing Debo Samuel and a couple other wide receivers in the pool. And so he was trying to drive it up, not just for AJ, but for other guys at the same time. And that's the other thing you have to be careful there. But the second point you made, Darren, about talking about this forever, as, as long as AJ Brown's playing, we're still going to be talking about this. When he's performing in other places or he's advancing in the playoffs and the Titans are not, we're going to continue to talk about this. And this is going to go down as one of the worst trades, not just in Titans history, but in NFL history. Because if A.J. Brown was on this team this last year, the Titans win the division and they're back in the playoffs. John Robinson is still the general manager. Rand Carthon isn't here right now. We're not talking about a complete rebuild or a retool or whatever word you want to use for what the Titans are going in now after their first losing season in seven years and trying to figure out what the next phase of this franchise is without A.J. Brown. But that didn't happen. And now the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender with A.J. and the Titans are trying to figure things out. And that will never be erased. That will always be the fact of that trade, and it will never be lived down around here. So the other side of this coin is um, one John Robinson, who, Steve, you know, has not said anything publicly about any of this, even though he is free to do so. Uh, Do you think John Robinson will ever give his side of the story as far as what happened in this? Probably not publicly. No, Justin, I, I don't think that will happen because at this point it probably doesn't do him a whole lot of good. And look, John Robinson's overall body of work is that of a general manager who deserves another shot in this league. I mean, he took a franchise that was at the depths. It was as low as you could get back-to-back seasons as the worst team in the league. You know, So think of the Houston Texans right now or something mm-hmm. like that. And then he promptly had them have a winning season in year one, followed by five more winning seasons. And they were on their way to what looked like another one when he was fired. That, that's the body of work of a general manager who knows how to build something. Now, that's not to say he was perfect. I think we can all agree that the drafting really dropped off. There were some big misses in free agency. And obviously, we just said that that was one of the worst trades in NFL history. But no GM's going to bat a 1,000. And the overall body of work for John Robinson is that of a guy that, if he wants it, should have another opportunity in this league to work very high up in player personnel and and potentially be another GM at some point in time. And so for that reason, I don't think he's likely to bring back up this trade to try to do it. Because frankly, at the end of the day, it's not really defensible. Whatever the story was, whatever the reason was, at the end of the day, getting a third and a first-round pick for A.J. Brown – is not a defensible trade. And so I assume he's just going to kind of let it go. We'll see what happens. He's getting paid here for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I know his family likes this area, so I don't even know if he wants to get back into football immediately. Yeah. But and my guess is he's just going to be quiet for a while and see what happens. He's still a young man at that. Uh, you know, Plenty of time uh, for, for a career. 
Um, so speaking of uh, John Robinson and things he did while he was here, uh, there's still a couple of loose ends, and that includes the one I'm looking for the most here is Bud Dupree. Uh, but Dupree so far has not uh, been released. I've read a couple of things that uh, they could be waiting until after a certain date. June 1st. To get rid of Bud Dupree um, or, you know, a rework or whatever. So, you know, what what are you hearing or thinking about that? Is Bud Dupree as good as gone? I think the better's money should be on Bud Dupree getting released. I do think, though, that Bud Dupree, unlike basically everyone else we talked about, if healthy, provides a real game-changing upside for the Titans. So when we talk about those failed physicals and things like that, if you can wait, especially if you can wait till June with really no pen- penalty and maybe even a benefit for the team, I-, I would you know tap those tires a few times and figure out where he is with the hip injury, where he is physically at this point. And if you think he could potentially be a completely healthy guy, by the time you roll around to minicamp next summer and then certainly training camp in the start of the season. Because, look, when Bud Dupree was right, and maybe the only time during his Titans time that he was truly right was December into January in that playoff game two years ago, if you get that guy opposite a healthy Harold Landry next year mm-hmm. with Jeff Simmons up front, I mean, that's a scary-looking defense. That's the defense we thought we were going to see going into this season. Now, that's a big if with his injury history, especially over the last couple of years here. But that would be the one thing that I would maybe hold out if I was Rand Carthon is to see what the progress looks like this spring and see if you have any belief that he can be that guy once again next fall. Last but not least for me, Steve, there's talk about the combine going away. What would the NFL do without the combine? Would they, you know, be okay? Obviously, the league would continue. I'm not saying the league would shut down because the combine disappears. But how much do you believe that would impact how teams scout, how teams draft, you know, the moves that happen? I think it would have a big impact. So I'm, I'm shocked by it. If anything, I would have thought before this story kind of leaked out there that there was a better chance they'd add a second combine than <laughs> take away the first <laughs> I'm one. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, offense and it, defense combined or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, the NFL is just such a big business that they're looking to have an event sort of every month of the year now and the combine is that event at the end of february and into early march where they just sort of take over the calendar it's the most important time of the college basketball season and yet the nfl is maybe the number one story that week because it's the nfl combine so it doesn't make sense from a business perspective to me but also guys one of the things i look about when you want to talk about john robinson's draft record it really took a turn with covid and those couple of years where the whole draft process wasn't what it normally is, where you don't see prospects in person, where you don't do campus visits, where you don't do very many, if, if any at all, in-person team facility visits, and you're just doing sort of Zoom interviews with guys. The Titans really whiffed on a lot of guys. I mean, they drafted Isaiah Wilson, who clearly did not like football at all there. And, you know, all they talk about is guys loving football and that being a goal for them. It, it made the process more difficult for sure and some teams handle it better than others but that's just an example of what it's like when you take a part of the process away for these guys on such a high investment that they have to make into all of these guys that they would draft i just can't see getting rid of that week in indianapolis where they get such great access and get to see these guys up front and personal uh end with this close win last night for belmont 
how's this thing shaping up for the end? Because I know they're they're at the end of their regular season. Yeah, what a game or two, right? uh, One final game on Sunday in the regular season at Northern Iowa. But let me just say, what a special moment last night, and it maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Ben Shepard is one of the best college basketball players we've seen around here at any school in quite a little while. I mean, he is a terrific player. He ranks top. He he is ranked in 19 different statistical categories in the Missouri Valley Conference. Second leading scorer in the league, leading rebounder on the team, top assist guy. I, I mean, every single thing, he does it. And he's also hit big shots all season long. I mean, a couple tying shots, game winner at Bradley as they snap the ball long winning streak there home court winning streak and then last night two free throws with two seconds left to cap a comeback from 19 points down heck of a senior night for him a great great memory no matter what happens the rest of the season but it looks like to to your question darren belmont one game at northern iowa on sunday if they win they'll be no worse than fourth in the missouri valley conference tournament which gets you the bye into the quarterfinals on friday so that's important the highest they could finish is third. The lowest they could finish is fifth. But you want to get that by and make it so you only have to play three games to try to get the automatic bid. Hmm. It's going to be fun. It is that time of year. Steve, really appreciate it as always. You can commence pool time, and uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> Guys, appreciate you. We'll talk soon. All right, Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Good stuff from him.